How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition 29 of Joe vs. the World. You can read my guest today at CubsFan.com and his new wrestling blog, Somebody Stop the Damn Match, at blogspot.com. It's Scott Christ. Scott, how you doing? Uh, hey, Joe, how's it going? It's actually Chris. It's a oh, it is Chris. Oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. It's a, it's a <sighs> common mistake. I've only heard it nine billion times in my life, so it's not a big deal. I actually thought that was like a wacky uh, uh, like web name. Yeah, a lot like, of people... Um, have, like, gotten really pissed off when they, like, when it first came online, I came online late in, like, 99, and the first, like, five or six things I ever wrote for, like, the rant crew or whatever on Rantsylvania, um, people got really pissed off about me, and they're like, oh, God, it's sacrilege. I was like, dude, it's my name. Oh. Yeah, I, I really can't do anything about it. <laughs> well, all right. Today is our, our big TNA show, as it's uh, it's been a big week for the company there. Genesis pay-per-view, the two-hour primetime special. We don't talk about TNA a lot on this show, and when we do, it's usually not complimentary. I don't watch a lot of TNA myself. I I, I work in the morning, so staying up till midnight usually ain't happening. And if I tape it, I don't get to watch it till the weekend. Seems like a moot point by then. And if I read the spoilers, you know, it seems like I'm not missing out on a lot. Do you follow TNA hopefully more closely than I do? Um, maybe a little bit. I generally end up missing uh, Impact, or I will catch maybe half of it, because it's usually not that great. Um, I've watched portions of TNA a lot since, like, 2003, but mostly I end up just ordering the pay-per-views um, here and there, because I've found, honestly, and I'm not, like, a huge TNA fan or anything, but for 30 bucks, they usually deliver a lot better than WWE has for 40, and I haven't ordered a WWE pay-per-view in, like... Geez, a year and a half or something. I mean, I didn't even order WrestleMania this year, oh. which I hadn't missed since '96, I guess. Yeah, I usually just hit WrestleMania um, myself as well. Although I was at SummerSlam this year, but it's a whole other matter. But um, as for TNA, they had the big two-hour primetime special last Thursday. What'd you think of it? Um, I thought it was a pretty good like uh, go-home show for a. What they were promoting is a really big pay per view because I mean the biggest main event they've ever had probably. Mm. With uh, I mean you bring in Kurt Angle, I mean that's a they brought in a lot of guys in WWE, but Angle's you know legit. <laughs> He's a real star. So I thought it was um, a show that maybe would get people to order the pay per view, but I haven't seen a show before a pay per view that made me like specifically want to order that pay per view in so long that my judgment's probably a little uh, skewed on that by this point. Yeah, I um, I thought the uh, the main event was fine, Kurt Angle and Abyss. Although I I still don't know why you you book the guy getting the world title shot three days later to tap out. And granted, it's to Kurt Angle, and he wasn't really yeah. hurt by that. But th- there's really no reason to to put yourself in that position. Right. I mean, and I didn't I didn't even get why the match was uh, between the two of them to begin with because you got two guys mm-hmm. that are trying to build momentum going in. So I didn't understand why to do it. But you know, I don't understand why. TNA does a lot of things, so I just kind of tried to get it out of my head and just go, eh, yeah, it was a pretty good match, and it was a pretty good match. Hmm, it was, as was the um, Christian Rhino Cage match, although it got taken down a notch by all the the um, RPG inventory bullshit. I mean, you know, just well, yeah. just have a cage match. <laughs> I don't need yeah, Rhino. I mean, yeah, I don't need Rhino asking for the gas station bathroom key or or asking for chairs or it. Just have a, you know, don't you don't have to overthink these things, and I think that's something TNA has a problem with. Yeah, they um they do tend to uh, like I said overthink, and I 
think really the only problem with that match was that stuff because I thought it was a really good match for what wound up being a pretty good feud between the two of them considering, you know, neither of them were all that hot going into it. Mm. I didn't think anyway. I mean, Christian was coming off being a main eventer, but he was, I, I didn't think his uh, main event run with the title really lived up to all the hype. Bringing him in, in like a year ago is a big deal. And, and you compare that to where he is now, and it's like, well, what? I mean, you know, he didn't really deliver on being the big hellbound superstar. No. No, he did not. And um, we also had LAX wanting to burn the flag, but Petey Williams, who was on Team Canada for years and years now, loves the U.S. and uh, stopped them from doing so. Well, tried to anyway. And I can't wait for uh, Patriot Petey Williams to the new Impact Superstar. Yeah, that'll, that'll be uh, great. I missed that part of the show, actually, uh and I read a report on the Observer site later. Did I mean, did Conan actually, like, invite P. Williams to come along to their secret location or whatever? They did. They, I mean, um, yeah, they came out during a... Yeah, they came out during P.D.'s match last week and said that he's a, a foreigner, too, or something. So they're going to burn the flag, and they invited him to come to... They were in a, a field or, or somewhere. They invited yeah, him to come but, along, and... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't get why you'd invite P.D. Williams. I mean, he's Canadian, but... What's wider than a Canadian? Yeah, really. I mean, really. I mean, I mean, I thought they were just against gringos and not, you know, specifically Americans. Mm. Yeah, but the best part of all this was specifically American gringos. Yeah, American gringos. But yeah. but the best part of all this was they cut back to Mike Tenay afterwards, who gave us a speech about the moral of what we just saw, and he said like. P.D. Williams is a real hero. He didn't give in to the the peer pressure. Like like LAX is trying to get him to smoke cigarettes or something. That's uh, uh, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I always love uh, the Mike May speechifying. Yeah, his stern looks when he. Oh yeah, that's the, the great uh, emoting from Mike Tanay. That's wonderful stuff. Do you think um, Mike Tanay and Don West are, are are good for TNA or? Um, I think Don West is pretty good because he's so into the product and like for a long time, I seriously thought Mike Tanay thought it, or uh, Don West thought it was all real, but <laughs> Mike Tanay. Um, is terrible. I have no idea why they keep him in that like number one spot where he's being a play-by-play guy and trying to like like trying to do you know like the modern Jim Ross thing because mm. he's just so bad at it. He's so bad at it. I mean, he's absolutely terrible. Yeah, I just I just imagine someone watching UFC beforehand and saying, "Well, we'll see how this impact is," and then they see. Tanae and West doing, you know, the most cornball shit ever, you know. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the super hyping of yeah. fucking everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, um, that may have been worse than the, the Voodoo Kin Mafia, and I, I hope you got to see this, because this was, this was something else here. Oh, yeah, I did see that. That was, uh, that was something. I, I know the Impact Zone fans... terrible, they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the Impact Zone fans get off on anyone bad-mouthing WWE, so that's fine, but I don't know where this is supposed to go. I mean, the old the old DX from 98, they weren't about all invading WCW. Those are just some skits they did. Where is it right. supposed to be after a month? I, You know, I, I don't think they know. In fact, I'm really, like, 98% certain they don't know. I think they're just kind of letting those two guys do something. Because yeah. they've got them under contract. They're kind of stars, you know. People know them if they flip by and they go, oh, hey, the New Age Outlaws, and maybe stick around for 10 minutes to see 
Austin Star or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't think they know where they're going, so I couldn't even wager a guess. But God knows what Russo's going to do with anything. Yeah, because the whole thing, the whole name is based on VKMO, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So That's I don't very know. Clever. What I wouldn't give to have Bradshaw run into these two if they go to Titan Towers. Oh, no. Oh, Not no. enough money in the world. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember anything else about the, the special, so we'll go on to Genesis. And this was the first show, TNA show, I've bought since last year's Bound for Glory. And what did you think of the show as a whole? Um, I thought after the show that that was... And I honestly, I usually really, really like TNA pay-per-views. I thought this was just... I was sitting on the couch thinking, God, that was $30 I am never, ever going to see again. (laughs) (laughs) I I just wasted $30 in three hours of my life. The way I thought about it, and just to sum up TNA totally, it's it's one step forward, one step back for them. They can come across with a hot angle, they'll sign Kurt Angle, and then they'll just screw it up somehow. Well, yeah, that's uh, always been for MO, I guess, but... uh... I don't know, sometimes it's even a step forward and, like, two or three back or yeah. two forward and five back. <laughs> they, they they managed to screw everything up somehow. I mean, there was there was good stuff on here. I didn't feel like I, I wasted it. And there was, some of the bad stuff was funny, but some of it I was just like, why? Yeah, yeah. I, I got very little out of the show, really. Yeah. And uh, we'll... Jump on the pre-show. I guess they did Robert Roode's open challenge, where he was beaten by Eric Young. I didn't see this. I must have been getting a pizza or something. But oh, I, what, I what did a, see that one. Oh, how how was this uh, epic encounter? Um, I took notes. Um, I only took like fourteen notes, and most of them I don't really know what they mean anymore. <laughs> but my first note is I hate Eric Young, which yeah. I really do. He's just absolutely awful. And my second note was uh, Eric Young is in slow motion, which is. Those are the two things I think every time I'm watching Eric Young. I hate this guy even slow motion. For being a guy who can go at a pretty fast pace, because I, I mean, I've seen him do it a few times, but everything just looks so mechanical and like uh, just just slow. I can't. I mean, there's not even really a better word. He's just slow. But I do like Robert Roode. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, Robert Roode's a big star. He can't get on the pay per view, then he loses to Eric Young on the pre show. I don't. I, I do like Robert Roode, and I don't get where they're going with him either. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll really pan out. Yeah. Maybe I'll be surprised for once. Oh, I like how TNA opens their big uh, their big two-hour primetime special. Who do they open it with? Eric Young. Oh, yeah, you got, you got to have Eric Fantastic. Young. Fantastic. Uh, people follow him around. The Pied Piper. Great, yeah, that, that's a great gimmick. That's a fantastic gimmick. The, uh, the the thing about it is, and it's another reason I don't like Eric Young, is because he comes off maybe like he might be retarded. I mean, he just seems so, like, <laughs> silly and overly goofy, but trying to be serious, so it just dies halfway every time, no matter what he's doing. And he's not funny, and he's never no. been funny. And the nope. paranoid thing is just dead, because, I mean, they... TNA does this a lot too. They'll they'll give somebody one like small characteristic and then just harp on it and pound it into the ground until you're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's paranoid. He's paranoid. I get it. Yep. Well, onto the pay-per-view portion of the show. We open with the Voodoo Kin Mafia against the new movement of Maverick Matt, Frankie Kazarian, 
and Johnny Divine. And these are two new teams, of course, so they must fight each other so someone loses. Well, and yeah. um, oh, Maverick Matt just looked terrible. He looks fat oh, he and is, pale. Yeah, he is. He is awful. And yeah, he looks just out of shape. And I mean, I'm no expert, but he looks unmotivated. Yeah. And Frankie Kazarian's dressed like a pirate for some reason. I think and, um, I think it's actually like the best look Kazarian's ever had. But that may be. I yeah. Hated, yeah, I hated that stupid haircut he had before. TNA mm-hmm. and actually a lot of guys of like I I mean I don't know how old Kazarian is, but a lot of those guys like the Naturals. Still have that, or had in Kazarian's case, that, like, Hardy Boys bowl cut kind of a thing. Yeah. It's just so awful. Like, the Naturals absolutely have to get a haircut. Both of them. Which uh, would make that haircut, but yeah. Well. Yeah, so, anyway, they had, like, a, a three-minute match. Billy Gunn got the hot tag and did a pedigree and then teased the super kick, ha-ha, till he hit his yeah, clutch, yeah. clutch slam for the win. They showed, yeah. uh, they showed DX something there. Yeah, the, Billy Gunn was uh, ready for war in his tied-off T-shirt before the match. That was. I mean, I'm really taking that dude seriously with his like. What the hell is his haircut anyway? It's red. No it's just like they're all red number thirty-eight or whatever. Yeah. BG James that, looks about fifty nowadays. It's this is just not good. Yeah, and they, I mean they just come off so. I mean, this is very obvious, of course, but I mean they just come off so stale and so dated, so. 99, 2000 yeah. tops. I mean, they were getting dated then, and they're mm-hmm. still doing the same thing, and it's just, I mean, I'm had, good for them making money off of it, and bad for TNA for believing anyone really wants to see that, but yep. I mean, look, I mean, what, what am I going to do about it? Pay yeah. $30 a year, I suppose. <laughs> Not me. Well, afterwards, Raven... Uh, in a wacky white suit, dressed like Taru from the Voodoo Murderers, came out and Kane joined <laughs> Divine for for losing, and no one cared. Actually, yeah, uh, I actually really like the white suit in a way, but I, the, mm. the mask kind of ruined the whole look. Yeah. I mean, Raven, um, for as much credit as he gets for being like kind of a step ahead of the times as far as wrestling goes, which frankly he is because wrestling is always eight years behind popular <laughs> culture a lot of the time. So, yeah, uh, like I mean, he was doing the grunge thing after grunge was done. Mm. I mean, and now he's doing this kind of like post-grunge early Marilyn Manson kind of a look now, and I mean, it's better than like what he was doing before with the stupid Viking helmet and everything, which I guess a lot of people <laughs> like, but I thought that was just awful and made him look ridiculously out of date. Yeah. I mean, which he is, he's a yeah. fat old man, he's god-awful, and I have no idea what they're doing with him, but eh, people still like him, I suppose, so. Yep. I noticed that in this match, I believe the um, the bad guys got the advantage by kicking BG James in the crotch, and the ref was right in front of the ref, and the ref was unconcerned by this, reacted like it was an arm bar. And later, there was another spot later in another match where there was a low blow right in front of the ref. Are low blows legal in TNA? Or as far as I've gathered, no, but um, I don't think they really think about these things a lot of the time. They just go, "Well, let's do this. Let's do this." And that's why you get that. I mean, they do have the relaxed uh, DQ rules, but seems like I mean, kind of still, a... yeah. You shouldn't be able, you shouldn't be able to hit a guy in the nuts right in front of the referee, <laughs> yeah. unless you're going to make a point to make that legal. Yeah. So and then the whole thing could just be kicking guys in the nuts all three hours. Maybe we'll get to that point a, someday. Probably be better than uh, the pay per view was. That would be a step <laughs> away from kind of funny. <laughs> TNA groin shot, 2006. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't really give an opinion on this match, and let me just say it was awful. I'm, it was I'm nothing, using that one a lot. 
This was they, a nothing they were match. Absolutely no terrible. Whole, whole nothing yeah. matches. Yeah. Was, and I didn't understand why you give three guys a new gimmick and kind of try to do something with them and immediately squash them at the hands of two guys that no one is ever going to pay money again to see. Yeah. Ever. Well, match two, we had the Naturals with their hair against Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. This was okay, a little wacky, but the finish was the best thing ever. Oh, yeah, the finish was great. I loved the finish. <laughs> I that was just fantastic. For those who didn't see this, the Naturals, they have a, uh, a power bomb missile dropkick spot. But the I forget who, who was holding the guy up. I think it was Sanjay for the power bomb. He was too far away from the corner. So yeah. the, the other natural just said, well, I'm just going to do this anyway. So he leapt and, and kicked his partner in the back. His partner fell down and then just pinned Sanjay. That was, uh, yeah, that was really... When I said before that it was good, I was uh, I was being sarcastic. For no, if if somebody didn't pick that up, it was terrible. It just it just <laughs> ruined what was. It, you know, I mean, it wasn't a great match. It wasn't even no. really a, a good match so much. But I mean, it was, it was perfectly fine. fine. It was a, it was a natural tag match. It was yeah. the same as they always do. Yeah, and uh, the best part was you could see the look on their faces. They knew they fucked up bad. This was the probably the yeah. biggest TNA show ever, and they're like, shit, and. There you go. It's a, the naturals. It's not, it's, it's not a way to make a great impact. No. On the, on the big show. No. Well, just just uh, in case there were four people that had never seen them before that bothered to order them. Up next, X title match. We had Chris Daniels against Chris Saban. I actually like this match uh, quite a bit. Uh, AJ Styles I, showed up. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, AJ Styles uh, showed uh Saban tried to get a chair at some point, but AJ Styles showed up and took it from him. And then he just disappeared. Like, I guess he figured Saban wouldn't try to cheat anymore. But right, yeah. Daniels went up to win, uh, went on to win with a wacky roll-up, and uh, afterwards Jerry Lynn yelled at Chris Saban, tried to get him to shake Daniels' hand, but Saban gave him a cradle shock instead. And uh, I was totally fine with this. Um. Yeah, I liked the match, but I generally tend to like both of these guys most of the time. And then... I had the same problem with both of them, so I was watching this match and knowing this was going to happen and trying to make it that it wouldn't happen. Five minutes after I watched their matches, no matter who they're against, yeah, I I have no goddamn clue what happened in the match. I might remember the finish. Maybe. I mean, mean, they're both perfectly fine. I I did like Daniels' promo before the match. I thought that was really good. I thought it was good to give him a little bit of mic time on the show Mm. because, I mean, he can talk and he's a decently charismatic guy even though he looks like a penis, but... (laughs) <laughs> yep So, uh, match four We had Alex Shelley and Austin Starr Against Truth and Lance Hoyt And, boy, Lance Hoyt needs to fall off the face of the earth Yeah, I'm, he's, uh I'm he's tired good. of seeing him and his tramp stamp on TV And I, I just don't I get just, what they see in him I don't I don't understand anything about him um, the, <laughs> I mean, the first time I saw him was probably You know, whenever he was pretty fresh And I was like this guy is like crossing test and a girl gone wild. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, it, he's got the highlights and it's just, I don't, and I don't understand why the crowd goes so nuts for like him and truth dancing. Cause I didn't get when it became cool for dudes to like dance and not be the guy in the corner at the club with a drink like Jay-Z or somebody mm-hmm. and like, you know, waiting for the girls to come to you. But who knows, man, I'm maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting old. Could be. I just I, I don't see what's cool. No, but uh, th- this match was was okay. The 
The finish was weird because uh, Alex Shelley wanted Austin Starr to get a camera to film this. To film the oh, finish, yeah. but he got rolled up by the Lance Hoyt and pinned. And Kevin Nash was on commentary, and uh, he was fun. And um, oh, I love Nash on commentary. I think they should add him full time. He really he, may as he's well. He's a nice, he's a nice little buffer. He is. I like when they, mean, he, I, he he had his arm in a sling, and, and they asked him what happened. First, he said it was in Budokan in next division match. Then ah. he just said uh, Ted offensive, and I'm like, that's so great. <laughs> it's so outdated. It's great. Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought. That was good, and I, I mean, Nash brings a really, like, smarter, not-so-dick-joke kind of comedy to what he does, and it's, yeah. I mean, he'll throw out some dick jokes, but it's, usually he's a little more subtle and a little, I mean, it's weird that Kevin Nash kind of appeals to wrestling nerds mm-hmm. in a weird way, because, I mean, so many of them have hated him for a decade, sure. and now he's he's kind of a funny old fart with the gray hair, and he's really tall, and he hangs out with these two guys that everyone likes, and... I thought their segment before the match was tremendous. I, I thought anything that, that, that mentions great. Don Kernodal gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> it was actually reminiscent of like. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go over the whole thing, but uh, I thought it was even maybe bitten a little bit from a Stella skit, hmm. which would surprise me in a way. But it was kind of the same deal. Yep. Going around and around and around, and you know, stopping at some point. And uh, yeah, I thought that was good, and I thought the match was. Fine. I don't like killings. I don't like Hoyt, but the other two I really do like. So, yeah. So, all right. Up next, we had AJ Styles and Christian, and uh, AJ completely killed himself as he's wont to do. He toasted both his legs on the barricade doing a dive. Chris Daniels ran out, tried to prevent Christian from cheating, but it backfired. Christian got the win. Uh, I like this. This was good. I was really interested going into this match to see kind of how Christian would do against a guy who can. I mean, a lot of people bitch about how Styles wrestles, and yeah, I mean, he's spotty and whatever, but I mean, it's exciting, and he's very fast, and go, go, go a lot of the time, I and mean, he can slow down, but he's go, 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 and I was, well, I, won't, I always wanted to see with Christian, because I always thought, like, the biggest problem with him, especially in the last year since he's gotten a shot to be, like, a big star somewhere, is that he has no, like, fourth gear. No. He never really gets into that overdrive that, you know, so many of the great wrestlers have. I mean, most, I mean, even John Cena and Hulk Hogan can have big, stupid comebacks. Christian just doesn't have that. He's never shown that. He's always a little slower than he should be a lot of the time, but, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match. I mean, it was all right. Uh, AJ and, and Daniels got into an argument afterwards. Rhino ran out, tried to calm things down. AJ said, no thanks, Dr. Phil, and walked off. And I actually made a Dr. Phil joke in the room to my friends before AJ did, so I don't know what that means. Probably nothing good. I thought the Dr. Phil line might have been his best mic work that was not at a commentary table on an IWA Mid-South day. <laughs> I, I, I thought that might have been the best he's ever done, because I, I honestly laughed a little bit. And um, But the, the thing I didn't like about it is Rhino's out here making so much sense to two guys who should be smart enough to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> but Styles just does this. And TNA has done this, I mean, I don't watch a ton of TNA, so maybe I'm overstating it, but it seems a lot of the time that I watch TNA, when they turn someone heel, they just, they have them do this complete 180, and then the next week you go, oh, he's on a complete 180, he's so cocky and arrogant now, and they just drive that shit into the ground, and I don't understand why they never build anything. A lot of times it'll just come out of nowhere, or like off a little bullshit interference thing like that. But what do I know? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, like Chris Sabin when he wins the X title. He shows up on Impact. Right. He's a, the biggest dick in the world. And I'm like, okay, if a guy yeah, wins I mean, the title, he gets cocky. That's fine. But that should take a couple weeks to, to build it, a little. Yeah, at least. Like having, I mean, he's got two friends there that he can, you know, interact with a little bit, and you build it up, and you make it seem useful instead of just, hey, I'm a dick. Yep. Two days ago, I was celebrating with Jerry Wynn, but now I'm a dick. <laughs> well, up next we had LAX against AMW for the tag titles. Uh, another good match. Kind of fell apart at the end. Seemed guys were on different pages. Conan distracted the ref, and Homicide hit one of the Cowboys with a blowtorch for the win, and uh, the right team won this one. I was worried AMW would win. Yeah, I kind of figured AMW was going to win, so I was uh, really happy when they didn't. I thought Homicide was really awesome in this match, but I usually think Homicide's really awesome in matches. You seem to be kind of keeping it together. and mm. I don't mind AMW. Um, actually, I really like them when they're in, like, kind of wild brawls, or, I mean, even just, like, brawls that kind of spill and, you know, get a little crazy, but and they started off like that, and I was really looking forward to it, and then it just kind of settled down into a regular match, and then you got Hernandez trying to keep pace with everybody, and it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Afterwards, Homicide went to give Gil Kim the gringo killer and had to hold her up for about a minute while Petey Williams ran down to make the save. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was sitting there wondering what he was waiting for. <laughs> I know. He's, I mean, he was waiting for Petey. But um, Jim Cornette came down, made his first appearance of the night, and said, because of LAX's actions, the the management were sick of them, fans were sick of them, so they were stripping them of the titles. To which the crowd booed and chanted, bullshit. Yeah, they uh, they really read the audience well on that one, didn't they? That was, uh, was tremendous. <laughs> that was a great job of going, yeah, I think people really hate these guys. And they could if you let them keep escalating things. and But, I mean, they're cool, and they're, you know, they've got great yeah. entrance music, and they... They just they have Conan cuts great promos. Homicide's a really cool wrestler to like, probably, and he's got a good name anyway. Sure. Hernandez at least looks cool. I mean, they were gonna eventually get over his baby faces anyway, but TNA just threw that right against the wall already. Yep. I want to see a skit where uh, LAX like stabs Jeremy Borash during an interview, and then Mike Tanay can be, give the stern look and be all, oh, "They've crossed the line this time for sure." Well, sure. I mean, who's going to boo that, really? That's yeah, a lot of... I mean, the last, like, what, four years or whatever have had so many misreadings of the audience of what people want. I mean, and now you're even making them anti-authority against Cornette, who... I always really loved Jim Cornette until, I don't know, the last year or so, and I think he just kind of comes off like a really old, farty, kind of fuddy-duddy guy, and... Mm. I mean, promos aren't as good as they used to be. I mean, that'll happen when you get older, but he's just, I don't think he's the guy to babyface against LAX because they're no. so much more hip than him. Yeah. Yep. And uh, up next, NWA title match, Sting versus Abyss. And I, I love the promos in this where they say Abyss was a viable threat to Sting's title. Not that he's a danger or a, a favorite or anything like that. He's a viable threat. He could win. It's possible. Oh, yeah. Hey. That's, uh... I don't know. I, I suppose you could say at least they're honest. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically all he had going in. I thought, um, I actually liked the match for a while, but there was a point where Sting got him in the Scorpion Deathlock the first time, and I was thinking, okay, well, it's been a fairly competitive match. Have Sting tap Abyss out right here, and then you've got, you know, a strong champion against the guy. You know, I mean, Abyss is a mid-carter. Everyone knows that. Sure. He's okay, but 
it was like when Sting finally got the title in WCW in uh, early 98 or whatever after the Hogan fiasco, and then they had him against Scott Hall on a pay-per-view, and it wasn't the main event match. But, I mean, they just put him over Scott Hall because Scott Hall was not that level of a guy, and it made Sting look good for five minutes. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought they could have done the same thing here, but at the same time, I kind of guess I get why they did the finish they did. Well, well Sting's, Sting's first offensive move was hitting Abyss with his bat. Then they uh, they brawl, they set up a barbed wire table, but didn't use it at that point. Sting Abyss brought out thumbtacks, and Sting actually took a bump into them. But yeah, then he, I was he uh, shocked by that. Yeah. He uh, he basically no-sold it, cut Abyss and the Scorpion. James Mitchell pulled out the ref, and then um, the, the low point of the match, Sting tried to hogtie Abyss, and it took him about two years to do it. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was... It could have been good if it wouldn't have taken so long to execute. Yeah, and I don't... It just seemed like he was, it was too much effort. Like, I know Abyss right. did it to him on impact, but you're just going to hit him with a chair anyway, so just hit him with a chair. Don't. Yeah, you, don't. you're probably going to get a better shot in anyway. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because the chair shots look like shit and just kind of killed the crowd. Yeah. They're like, oh, it took a long it's time like, to put him uh, up there. Like a stage Three hand. shitty chair shots, yeah. And Abyss uh, has kind of... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, Abyss has some kind of weird growth on his uh, his stomach that kept appearing when it's upside yeah, uh, down. I kind of felt bad for him, and I, I was actually kind of annoyed because he kept like pulling his shirt up to try to hide that. Yeah. and I mean, he's I mean, he's a I'm not going to say he's fat, but he's certainly chubby. But, yeah, he is. Like, well, uh, are you really that much more concerned about <laughs> your tits hanging out than you are, you know, getting hit in the face of the chair and being hung upside down? But yeah. apparently, yes, he was. I guess so. Also, Sting's left pectoral appeared to be, like, like missing. Like, yeah, I noticed that at Bound for Glory, yeah. yeah. weird. It is kind of weird, but then again, I, I, I think about it, I'm like, well, that's probably what, like, a 45 or 46-year-old man that works out a lot looks like a lot of the time. So maybe I guess. Good for him. It, it, it's so skewed by what... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say that, um, yeah, maybe there'll be a story like who stole Sting's tit or something like that. But That, that wouldn't be terrible. I mean, <laughs> don't give Russo any ideas. I mean, and I, I don't even like to, like, go for the cliche bitching about Russo, but ever since he's come in, it's just been shit thrown against the wall and things happening for no goddamn reason whatsoever. And he's just, he, he lives up to his name every time. Yep. So, in the dramatic finale, Sting took Abyss up to the barbed wire table. The ref tried to stop him. Sting pushed him hard and got DQ'd. And, oh, by the way, uh, titles changed hands on DQs in TNA. So, Abyss, the man who tapped out to Kurt Angle on TV three days before, is the new champ after getting his ass kicked. Yeah, that was, um... We like, were, we were I, I was saying before... Yeah. I, I was saying before that I, I kind of get why they did the finish. No heel challengers lined up. So, I get if you if you want to do another month, probably with a bit to build styles, probably for January or February, I get why you do it, but I mean, it doesn't really make it great or good. Nope. And then, uh, main event time, we had Kurt Angle against Samoa Joe, and this went 13 minutes. Yeah, it did. That was, and, uh... Yeah. I mean, when you, you build this as the dream match of the decade, I don't know why you would only go 13 minutes, especially with so much nonsense on the undercard. 
I yeah. know they can do other matches, but this is like the a lot of people tuned in, bought their first TNA pay per view to see this, and it's probably right. not a good idea to, to disappoint them. Yeah, it's um, I was kind of surprised they went only you know thirteen, fourteen, or whatever, but. Then again, not really, because it's DNA, and yeah. plus it's angle, so I had no idea bank at this point. Yeah, Kurt, um, he took a beating in this one, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he, he did his best to make Joe look like a guy who should be hanging with Kurt Angle for people that might not be familiar with Joe, which I thought was really good. Yeah, and, and the match was it was fine, it was very good, I don't think it was great, but for a 30 yeah, I thought match... It was... Yeah, that was really good. It's just they kind of started out, and then it was there, and then it kind of just, you were going to the finish, and you knew you were going. And it was a little bit disappointing. All right, we're back. We had uh, some minor technical difficulties there. We continued our conversation, but it did not record, which is uh, not good. But picking up where we left off, I think I was talking about Samojo tapping out, which um, is is not a problem, but I think it would have been better had it been a 25-minute match. 13 minutes just seems a bit... Kind of a bit too short for Joe, who's been undefeated for 18 months or whatever, to, to tap out, even if it is to Kurt Angle. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind them ending the undefeated streak because, I mean, there's no other... I, I can't think of a better way for TNA to do it. It's not like they're going to come up with another guy of Angle's stature and caliber again. But, um, yeah, doing it 13 minutes instead of... I mean, even 20 or, you know, like you said, 25 would make him look a lot better probably because they're trying to get fans and not just keep them. Because they don't have that many. No. They have their fans I mean, and they're loyal, but that that number is not growing. Right. It's um, and and I think Joe is one of the. I mean, obviously he's one of their huge building blocks. They pushed him that way for a year and a half. So to to have I I don't mind that he jobbed out to Angle if you even want to call it jobbing out. But yeah. Um. I mean, they. they I mean, they could do two, three matches, or even more than that, really, between the two of them. But first match goes 13 minutes. I mean, it's a good match, but 13 minutes is just not long enough to really get anything defined in the few And then you do the quick turn after, and it's, who knows? Yeah, when you set the bar pretty high calling this the match of the decade, and you better yeah, make sure. That, but, uh, but they can they can do a, a trilogy. You can have Joe win the title. I believe he's still owed a title shot because he beat Jeff Jarrett uh, a few months back on pay-per-view. Have him win it, then Angle has to face him. Joe can win that, and then you could set up a rubber match between the two. Right. There's, I mean, there's a great story to be had here, but you, I mean, God knows if they'll ever actually get to it or do it that way. And if you go by TNA's short history, it's probably not likely. Looking at the spoilers, it seems they kind of botched it already, but I don't want to... We should wait to see how it plays out on TV, and I won't spoil anything, but looking at the result, it seems like they kind of blew this one. Yeah, I mean... It's. I mean, it's TNA. What what can yep. you expect? I mean, no shit. I mean, you know, they <laughs> they usually screw up something if there's no way to screw it up. They they manage to find a way. Yep. I mean, they've always done that. Yeah. So overall, kind of thumbs in the middle, thumbs down for the pay per view. Um, thumbs down. I mean, I I probably didn't hate it quite as much as I made out at first. I but. I didn't leave with, like, a good taste in my mouth over the whole thing, and I yeah. I didn't think it was worth the 30 bucks, and I certainly didn't think they established themselves any more than they were going into it, and you're 
running a match fair, you're trying to draw in new fans. Yeah, I, I mean that's your selling point. Yeah, the 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 bad stuff or the poor decisions kind of stick more in my mind when I think about the pay per view. Although there were there was some there was a decent amount of stuff I enjoyed. It was a horrible show, but TNA needed a home run, and uh, they right. had maybe a bloop single out of this. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, so I, I was actually thinking of another idea where where they could have had the the AJ Chris Daniels split. That's kind of a, a played out feud, but. You could have set up two yeah. camps in the in the X division where you know some guys side with AJ, maybe some guys side with Daniels. You could have a little war in the X division there, and it'd give guys something to do instead of just random three way matches they seem to throw out every week. Like I mean, the X division is so terribly booked because I mean it's always there's a guy with the title and the guy that's going for the title that month, and then everyone else is just kind of lost in the shuffle. And it, it's not a division so much as it's a belt where you have a champion and a challenger and. I mean, there's no, like, ladder to climb or anything. You just mm. randomly people get shot, so. Yeah. So, that's TNA. How do you think, uh, I'll ask you this. Do you think Russo will last through 2007, or do you think that he's going to be gone within six months, eight months, whatever? Uh, I think it all, you never know with Russo. I mean, even Russo himself is prone to just drop out of things when it's clearly not working that well. And, uh, you never know if they might think in four months maybe that, you know, they need to go another direction because it's not working, and it's probably not going to work. I mean, it didn't work the first hundred times they had him, so why is it going to work now? Yeah, it didn't work five years ago. I mean, he's supposedly a, a different person now, and I, I won't doubt his convictions, but sure. that doesn't mean you're not a good booker now. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still the same writer very clearly. I mean, there's less, you know... TNA and DNA, but uh, <laughs> I mean, there's uh, it's just the same crash TV things that don't make sense that are happening to try to go boom, boom, boom and draw you in. But it just it doesn't work that way because it's it's also played out. People, I don't think people really want that anymore. Mm. And because I mean, the fan base is so dwindled that it's mostly just hardcore fans that weren't really. I mean, they were there for that hot period, but I don't think it was the style of booking or wrestling that they really, you know, enjoy, and you got to keep those people at least, and Russo might knock some of them off, too. He may very well. So, you going to get any more TNA pay-per-views in the foreseeable future, or will it depend on the lineup, or, or are you just kind of feeling a little burned right now? Um, you know, it does depend on the lineup. I think if they did Joe and Angle again, I'd actually expect um, a longer match and probably a better match. Just because mm-hmm. now, I mean, they'd never worked with each other before either, so. No. Now that they've got a little experience against each other, I mean, you'd have to naturally assume that the match would be better the second time. Plus, I don't really think on another, if they did another Joe Angle card, that you can have, like, a worse undercard. I, yeah. I, it's probably got to be as good or better. All right. I mean, there was just so much stuff here that was pointless. Useless. Yeah. A lot of useless guys on the TNA roster, but well, I last when we discussed this before, it is Thanksgiving coming up. Everyone should hopefully listen to this before Thanksgiving. So we did discuss what we were thankful about in uh, in wrestling, and your first thing came to mind, and also mine was uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, because um, again, I mean, without Ring of Honor, I doubt I'm interested at all in American wrestling at this point. Because I mean, I, I don't 
follow Ring of Honor as closely as I want to because I don't like to pay a bunch of money for a ton of shows. I mean, I'll get the ones that I hear are great, or I'll yeah. you know seek out matches that I hear are just fantastic. And um, but I, and I was just thinking about this too a little while ago. Uh, this I knew that the state of American wrestling was like really permanently in the shitter, and there was no quick fix once Meltzer started covering Ring of Honor pretty extensively. Mm. And like getting out of that bubble of TV wrestling and going, well, we we got this, and because I mean it's a great product, and but I mean Dave Meltzer usually does not cover smaller stuff like that. So when I mean I knew when Meltzer was you know really going with Ring of Honor pretty hard as something to cover, and you know reviewing shows and stuff like that. That uh, the the big one and a quarter were kind of dead. Yeah, because I mean ROH has its own section in the newsletter every week and you they don't right. you don't have that for for IWA Mid South or um or Pro Wrestling yeah, Guerrilla. Exactly. And those shows are great. I mean those uh companies they do some great shows but they they'll maybe get like a one line note in the, every now if they and have then. yeah, if they have a big show, the Ted Petty or something like that. But Right. Yep. And uh I was thankful for the internet which brings uh, quality wrestling to you basically for free on a very fast basis. I'm able to see Brian Danielson matches in Pro Wrestling Noah in great quality, two days or so after they happen. Yeah, the internet has actually um, been a big tool for me getting more interested in wrestling again in the last probably four or five months because I've been able to, you know, get matches for free that I would probably never see otherwise, and they're matches that I, you know, would love to see. It's just I don't want to pay for them, so I don't, I'm not I'm not huge on spending money on wrestling anymore, which is yeah. kind of. Ironic considering I just spent $30 on a pay-per-view that I didn't really like at all, <laughs> and that, that I didn't expect to like love or anything. But yeah, I, I probably would have never spent $30 on this show if it weren't for like Ring of Honor and the internet, which kind of fuels interest, and I'll go, oh, well, I'll give this one a shot this time. I'll give it a whirl. So That's right. Also thankful for uh, for DVDs, for getting shows from full shows from Japan if you don't watch them on the internet. You can get them for like 3 bucks a show. Great quality. A little DVD doesn't take up much room to store. It's kind of a shame Japan's not as good as it used to be uh, when uh, the best you got was like eighth generation tapes of uh, an old Japan show. But, yeah. Oh, beggars and choosers. Also, uh, Lucha Libre. I, I don't see enough of it, but I'm thankful for that. It's just wacky. It makes me happy. Even when it's terrible, it's fun on some level. As opposed to TNA, I, when, when it's terrible, it's just terrible. Yeah, I, uh, I, every now and again, I really try to get into Lucha, man. I'm, it's like um, listening to like the Mars Volta for me, where I'm like, you know, I get why people like this and I see the appeal, but I, and I've got no shame in saying I think I'm just too dumb for like Lucha Libre and the Mars Volta because I don't, I can't follow like uh, as well as I would like to. I just it loses me at some point. It's a very acquired taste, and I it's not for everyone, or really even maybe most people, but yeah. I, I keep trying. I figure I'll save that one until I'm in my 30s and really dive into some Lucha Libre. Otherwise, I'm not going to have anything to do. Yep. And uh, I think that's it we were thankful for. Well, also the uh, WWE DVD um, division, which even if you... if you This is why Vince McMahon is, is rich, because even if you don't care about the product right now, oh, well, hey, if you yeah. like stuff in the past, hey, check out these DVDs, and you can so get revenue from... Yeah, that's a hell of a way to make money from the people that are gone. Yeah. You like Bret Hart, here's a triple DVD. You like uh, stuff from the 80s, here's the Greatest Manager's DVD. And they're they're usually a very well 
put together products. Sometimes documentaries can be a, a tad bit slanted, but yeah, j- just a smidge here and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, the one I was uh, most disappointed with was Brett's because it was just I I wanted to hear more of like their current roster or like agents and stuff talking about Brett, but it just ended up Brett talking about Brett. So it was Brett on Brett, and I was it got a little tiring to me. Yeah, I like the Brett DVD just because. Just for the... Um, oh, it's a wonderful DVD, yeah. Yeah, just the, the amazement, like, oh, a, a Bret Hart DVD, huh, who knew? But, but yeah, yeah, it was kind of bizarre when it first came out. I was like, God, this is really out, and he's really on it, and, yeah. you know, it's seven, eight years after the Montreal thing, so... There you go. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for us the second time, but um, definitely want to thank you for being on. A very good show, and uh, you have some stuff to plug, I believe. Oh, I do. I do. I have... Uh, Three blogs because I'm I'm really trying to uh, cash in on this on this uh, new explosion of the internet where YouTube gets bought for nine hundred <laughs> billion dollars or whatever it is. Uh, I've got uh, the site you plugged earlier. Uh, somebody stopped the damn match at blogspot.com, uh, camdenchat.com. It's a Baltimore Orioles blog and badlefthook.com, which is a boxing blog, which we're just now starting to really uh, get flowing and get rolling with. And I. I think it should be pretty good at some point, and it's kind of minimal right now. But we're we're getting there. Uh, boxing's wrapping up pretty well this year, so. Did you get the pay per view on uh, Saturday? Yeah, I did actually. I ended up ordering this. So I ended up paying like eighty dollars for pay per view this weekend, and uh, I was happy with the with the boxing card. And the main event ended up lasting three rounds, but it was an exciting three rounds to be sure. Well, there you go. All right, and uh, we will have links to all three of those blogs when we post the show. And I encourage everyone to visit JoeVersusTheWorld.com or TheCubsFan.com. You can see a full archive of shows with every subject matter you can imagine, especially now that we have our TNA show. And Scott, want to thank you for being on. We will get you on again very, very soon. This was a fun show. All right, oh, um, WrestleMania, is that in uh, your neck of the woods, I believe, this year? Yeah, uh, it was last year, too, either, because I'm basically, I'm like an hour and a half out of Chicago and about three hours out of Detroit, so I'm kind of in the middle. Oh. Will you be attending WrestleMania this year or just uh, taking a pass? I I don't know, man. I always wanted to go to WrestleMania. I tried to get tickets to uh, go to WrestleMania 20 because I've always wanted to go to a WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden, but mm. that that certainly did not happen. That sold out really quickly. So, yeah. uh, And uh, this year, I've... Last year, I figured, well, fine, I'll finally get to go to WrestleMania. It's in Chicago, and then I ended up just not wanting to go at all, and I think <laughs> I'm kind of at the same point this year. So, And for the ticket prices, who knows, but if I won tickets like on a radio contest or something, I'd, yeah, I'd certainly go. I don't really yeah. care what the card is if it's free. Yeah, because uh, we discussed this last time with uh, Tom Feely, but I don't, I don't know what matches on the horizon they have that are really WrestleMania-worthy. I mean... You could do Randy Orton versus John Cena, you know, whoopty shit. Yeah, yeah, they did that on um, what was that? That was on the uh, the Eddie Tribute Show, right on the Raw. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was it, it's it would have been a huge match when Orton was hot instead of Orton trying to get back there at this point, which yeah. he probably never will. So we shall see. But um, again, definitely want to thank you for being on. Do you have any final words for our uh, our listening public? Uh, not really. If you're one of the nine people that listen to this show, thanks for listening, uh, and thanks for having me on, Joe. Hey, no problem. It was a great show. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. We have a big December coming up. It'll be multiple year-in-review shows for different topics, perhaps the return of, of panels, and um, 
it'll be good. So I want to thank everyone for listening, and I will talk to you soon.